Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome back from our spring break break last week. We did not have shows last week, and I hope that you missed us. We missed you, but I hope we also gave you a chance to catch up on life, maybe catch up on some of the happy hour shows that you've missed. Uh, We're so grateful every single week when you tune into the happy hour. I cannot express that enough. We make these shows for you, and so we're grateful that you're here. Uh, We have a great show in store today. Uh, Jordan Rayner is on the podcast today, and Jordan is the author of several books. The one that we talk about most today is called Redeeming Your Time, Seven Biblical Principles for Being Purposeful, Present, and Wildly Productive. This book came through my desk in 2021, actually, and I've had it forever. I knew I wanted to read it. And then our company started something called Lunch and Learn, where we read a book and we talk about it. And I chose this to be our very first book for January and February, selfishly, because I wanted to dive into it. And so it was really great to have a conversation with Jordan today, because he authors the book. And I got to tell him how helpful it's been for all of us, and even get a little free coaching from him while we're there. I want you to know that this book and this conversation is not just for those who are in the workplace. This is for any of us that have time to manage, which... Spoiler alert, that's all of us. Guys, don't forget, if you want to watch our interviews, if you're a person who hangs out over on YouTube, we would love for you to find us over there. Go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube. I'd love for you to subscribe over there. We've got all of our podcast interviews over there. Plus, we're working on some other great videos to share with you over there. So go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube. All right, y'all, here's my conversation with Jordan Rayner. Jordan, welcome to the happy hour. It's a joy to be with you, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited about having you on the show for a couple of reasons. Number one, I've heard so many great things about you. But number two, my entire team here at Ivy Media, we are all reading your book right now, Redeeming Your Time. And so this is like a special interview for me because we've been talking about this book and we're reading it together. And so to have you on to talk about it is really exciting. So before we jump in, introduce yourself to my listeners. Yeah, so real quick. Hey, guys, I'm Jordan Rayner. I live in Tampa, Florida with my wife, Kara, and our three wonderful little girls, Ellison, who's eight, Kate, who's six, and Emery, who we had the joy of adopting at birth three years ago. Professionally, uh, I actually spent the first 10 years of my career as a tech entrepreneur, starting and selling a couple of different companies. Today, I spend nearly 100% of my professional time and energy creating content to help Christians connect the gospel to their work. And this book that you guys are reading, Redeeming Your Time, is one expression of that mission, right? It's helping us connect the gospel of Jesus Christ specifically to our perennial struggles with time management. But that's me in a nutshell, Jamie. Okay, well, I'm so happy about your nutshell, and I'm glad that you're here so much. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what we started this year, Jordan. We started something called Lunch and Learn, all right? And so we're going to read, let's see, 
six books this year as a team Ooh, and then we're gonna I like that pace oh thank you I like that pace I, because yeah. here's 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 why i picked that pace jordan because i consume a lot of content yes. because of my job so sure. when i talk to someone like on an interview i need to at least have a really good grasp of what they're doing so if that's a book i may not fully read every single word of every book but yeah. i'm going to dive into that book but i can't expect my people to be doing that so i thought you know what we can read a book every two months and so that's what we're doing and we i picked your book first and so we'll meet we meet every month and we we provide lunch for everybody even if they're out of office we send them a little doordash gift card and we all meet and for an hour we talk about the book and we had such great conversations just a couple weeks ago as we talked about the first half of your book and so i selfishly picked you first because i wanted to read this book at the beginning of the year so and because i'm the boss I get to do that. And so I can pick whatever <laughs> book I want to pick. And maybe total you can tell, move. total yeah. boss move. You can tell us maybe another book you recommend for the year. But I want to jump in and I want to say this. First of all, redeeming your time, time management. I was very grateful. You said this at the beginning of the book. You're like, you can find books on time management anywhere. In fact, one thing I love about your book is I love this as a reader is I love seeing someone use a lot of sources in their book. To me, it tells me that person's a well-rounded reader and you do that. And so you point us to so many great sources, but I want to ask you this question as we start off. I could go into Barnes and Noble, if there's any left in my community, and I could find lots of books on time management. What sets your book apart on time management? Oh, Man, I'd love for you to answer that. Jamie, but well, I, I have will. an answer. I have an answer, but you wrote it. I mean, I did. And, it, and I had to have a pretty compelling why to do it. There's 60,000 books in this category. That's on what I'm Amazon saying. Right now. Yeah. And I and listen, I've read all the perennial bestsellers cover to cover, and I love them. I've gotten a lot out of them. But I got two big problems with the perennial sellers in this category. Number one, almost every single one of them is based on what I would call works-based productivity. The message is, hey, you're, feel, you're feeling swamped. You're feeling overwhelmed. Follow me, the author system. And oh, by the way, you have to do it all and you have to do it right away and you have to do it perfectly. And then at the end of this road, I promise that you're going to find peace, mm -hmm. right? Like we've all seen the end of this movie. We 100%. all know how this yep. works. This doesn't work, right? And as Christians, we can take a radically different premise to mm -hmm. time management and productivity. The Apostle Paul says, I have ultimate eternal peace with God through Christ. See Romans 5.1, right? So- I, we can start with what, what I call grace-based productivity. I don't do time management exercises in a wild goose chase to get peace. Mm. I do it as a worshipful response to the peace that is only ultimately secure through Christ. Right. So that was, that was the number one problem I saw with these books. Here's the second. Again, I've read 50 of the perennial bestsellers in this category. I've never read a single time management book that accounts for how the author of time managed his time when he came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, Christian or not, mm -hmm. I think it's pretty hard to dispute that Jesus of Nazareth was the most productive person to ever walk the earth. And Christians are listening to this now, Jamie Bick. Come on. The Gospels don't have anything to say about how Jesus manages time. I think the issue here is we, we look to the Gospels exclusively for their theology and for their ethics, and of course they have a lot of that, but we forget that they are also biographies mm. of the life of Christ. They know they don't show Jesus with the to-do list, but they do show him dealing with distractions at work. One guy, one time a, a guy literally dropped through the roof over <laughs> Jesus' head as he was preaching. You're not more distracted than Jesus was. Right. They show him fighting for solitude. They, they show him seeking to be busy without being hurried. In mm. other words, 
they show him dealing with the exact same challenges that you and I face today, Jamie, yeah. right? And yeah. because he was infallible God, we can assume that he managed his time perfectly. So that's what this book is about at a high level. Redeeming your time are these seven timeless time management principles from the life of Christ that I've then mapped to more than 30 hyper-practical practices to help us live those out in the 21st century. It's so good, you guys. Okay, I'm going to try not to just like tell everyone how good this book is the whole time, but I'll just say it up front. It's so good. And what I found so compelling about it, you asked me what I thought was awesome about it. And I would say this, yeah. is that there is so much gospel infused in this book. And for someone who wants her work to matter, I speak for myself, and I think a lot of people have jobs even we're on the flip side like my job it's weird jordan people are like do you run a ministry and i i i I live in this weird world where i do want to i minister to people through the happy hour every single time they put their earbuds in i minister to people through my books i minister to people on stage we're also running a business so we're also like over here saying like hey this is a business that we're doing and so sometimes the gospel and how jesus did things it gets weird sometimes and so i appreciated your book so much for that but i also appreciated the practical tips that you gave us i mean you do have the seven things that you break down um and i want to say those out loud for everybody real quick yeah chapter one is start with the word chapter two let your yes be yes chapter three dissent from the kingdom of noise chapter four prioritize your yeses chapter five accept your uni presence chapter six embrace productive rest and chapter seven eliminate all hurry and i will give full disclosure i've only read through chapter five so i've got the rest to to tag on before we have our next lunch and learn in a couple weeks um but i want to i want to talk to you about this let's talk about work and how we infuse it with the gospel how we make our work matter I already told you what my work is. Everyone listening probably knows what that is. And you've told us what your work is. But a lot of my listeners, like their work doesn't involve quote unquote ministry. Yeah. How do we take what you're saying about infusing the gospel and watching Jesus and put that on top of our work that we have, even if we're not reading scripture with anybody or trying to give out hope in a way through Jesus, but we're literally, we're a bank teller, we're a teacher, we're a doctor, we are running a tech business, whatever it might be. Talk to us about that. I love this question because this is who I create content for. I call these people, and I include myself in them, mere Christians, right? Those of us who aren't pastors, Mm -hmm. we're not religious professionals, but we work as entrepreneurs and teachers and baristas. And I think for a long time, our churches have tragically told us explicitly sometimes, but a whole lot of times implicitly, that our work is quote-unquote secular because we don't work in quote-unquote full-time ministry mm. like Aaron Ivy, mm-hmm. right? And this is a lie from the pit of hell. The, the, the word secular, I'm big on definitions. I'm big on clarity, right? The word secular literally means without God. But we Christians believe that God is with us wherever we go through the power of his Holy Spirit, right? And so the only thing you need to do to instantly make your quote-unquote secular workplace sacred is walk through the front door or log onto the Zoom. And this is direct implications for how we think about redeeming our time. Mm. Because if I understand that God cares about 100% of my life and not just the 1% of time that at work or at home, I explicitly share the gospel with somebody. Oh man, now I'm going to be way more intentional to obey the apostle Paul's commands in Ephesians 5 to redeem the time because the days are evil because I believe 100% of that time matters Mm. to my creator. 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I love it so much. And I'm sitting here thinking like, Jamie, how often have you assumed this as well about yourself or about other people? But you're so right, Jordan. We take our, if we're followers of Jesus and we have a worldview that is a gospel-centered worldview, then it wouldn't make any sense for us to pull things out and say these things are not included in that gospel-centered worldview. And I think that brings a lot of freedom to people as they're walking into their workspaces. And so when you talk about redeeming your time, why does that even matter to God? Like, wh- how do we bring God into like, does God actually care about my yeses? Does, I, does God yeah. actually care if I, who cares if I don't do things when I'm supposed to do? Or who cares if I'm overworked? Or who cares if I don't have a good system to get emails and to-dos list out of my brain? Uh, like your great system that you have. But why does God care about this? 
yeah, he cares about it because this is what he created us to do. Mm. This is the purpose of our salvation, right? The book of Ephesians is such a great case study in this. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, Paul says, you have been saved by grace through faith and not by works. Nothing we could do to earn our salvation. And we all shout a hearty amen. That's right. That's how the gospel enables us to rest. But then he goes on in verse 10 It says, hey, oh, by the way, that same gospel that saved you in spite of your works compels you to do the good works that God prepared Mm. in advance for you to do. So we are not saved by our works, but we have been saved for good works. Mm. And then as Paul is so good at doing in all of his letters, he's anticipating the reader's question when he gets to chapter five. And the reader's asking, okay, Paul, I get it. I'm saved by grace. What is my response to this good news? And Paul says in Ephesians 5, 16, redeem the time because the days are evil. Mm. Commenting on this passage, Tim Keller said, quote, for the Christian time stewardship is a biblical command, right? We're called to buy up our time because the time we spend in this life brings God eternal pleasure. Let me, let me just give you one more verse, Jamie. Psalm 37, 23 says that the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives Mm. not just when you're at church on sunday not just when you're sharing the gospel with your neighbor but every single time you serve a customer or your boss with excellence and love and in accordance with god's commands that is an ingredient to god's eternal pleasure Mm. that's why it matters that we care about buying up redeeming as much time as we as we can to bring him maximum pleasure in the present and for eternity. You know, it makes me think this uh, at my church, we just wrapped up a series on money, which is often scary for a lot of people, but I really appreciate, I mean, we spent like six weeks talking about God and money and that's a long time, right? But yesterday, the very final um, message, uh, the person who was preaching started out with what is man's purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And they were talking about money, but it's got my brain thinking right now about how we view our work. And if we view our work, like you said, even with quoting Keller, like that stewardship is a command. And so if we're viewing our work through like this way and we say, what is our chief end of man? And we all have to work. I mean, if anyone doesn't have to work, I think that's awesome. But you know what? Work is a gift. We provide for our families. We are doing things that we love and enjoy. But can we view all of our work through that lens? Like, how does our work help us glorify God, even when we're not pastors? Like you said, we're in the secular world space. And I think that's a flip for some people. And I don't know if you would say that as well. It's a huge flip for people. I, I completely agree. And it's been, man, we use so many churchy words, mm-hmm. right? Like our Christianese is strong, it is. right? Within, within the church. What does it mean to glorify God? Yeah. I would argue it simply means to bring him pleasure, mm-hmm. to do things that honor him and make much of his name right? And we got to remember, there's this lie that's entered modern Christianity that thinks that work was a part of the fall. That's an unbiblical lie. Work was God's first gift to humankind in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, when he calls us to fill the earth and subdue it, right? Work is part of what he saved us to do. See Ephesians 2, 10. Mm. And here's a spoiler alert. Heaven, when it's on earth, will include Isaiah 65, 22 says, all of us long enjoying the work 
of our hands, right? This is what God's created us to do. Eternity is not singing, Lord, I lift your name on high forever and ever. It is reigning with Christ, see Revelation 22.5. And that assigns dignity and worth and meaning to the good God on your work that all of us do today. Because if it's what I'm going to be doing forever, then it's certainly got to matter to God in the present. And yeah. so redeem the time because the days are evil. It's so good. You know, like it got me thinking just now of like, it, I, I'm going to just put a word out there. Maybe the Lord could take this into account or whatever, but I would like to be a gardener in for eternity because listen, Jordan, I, I desire to have a garden right now. My, if my kids were here, they would be dying laughing and they would throw me under the bus. Like one year for Mother's Day, my family got me this like a raised garden bed and it was like the greatest thing I've ever gotten. That thing has so many weeds in it. I have grown two tomatoes in the last five years. It, I will say it's hard to grow stuff here in Texas. Like it is just hot. It is hot. But I would like to put in a good word. I'd like to be a gardener with a really big hat and an apron with the tools in it. And I just want to provide all the vegetables for people. There there you go. Can I I encourage you? Yes. I got a word for you. Oh, no. Are you going to tell me to have a garden? I always fail. Isaiah 65, 21. He's talking about the new earth. He says in verse 17, I'll create new heavens and new earth. Here's verse 21. My people will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain. You're going to produce hundreds of tomatoes on the new earth, Jamie, right? Like, doesn't that, number one, fuel our anticipation for eternity? That's Uh so much more exciting. And give purpose to the work that we do, gardening, literal gardens, and making more of this world through podcasts Mm -hmm. today. And I'd also like to have a vineyard too, so I can make yes, wine and done. vegetables. So we can have burrata and tomatoes and, and good red wine. That would be a really great thing. Um, one of the things I keep going back to what you started earlier when I asked you what sets your book apart, and one of the things that I see so much is that it, it does bring the gospel into our work, and no matter what you're doing, uh, you have a new project, The Word Before Work, uh, which is actually a devotional, but you talk about this. this the, talking about word before work is not just in this book. In fact, one of my favorite things about uh, redeeming your time was you start off in the very beginning about spending time with the author of time. And yeah. I know as Christians, I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 21, but I grew up in the church forever. I've learned about quiet times forever. Like you should spend time with Jesus every day. I I got all that. I want to hear from you how you relate this to being a good steward of our time with our work, that it actually matters if we're spending time with God. Yeah, I become convinced that this is the keystone habit that makes everything else okay. easier and more effective. Okay, that is coming day. from you, like there's a like time management, and if you're saying this is the keystone habit, we need to tune in and listen. Yeah, for me practically, right? So as you know, um, in the book, Jamie, I talk about a lot of things. I talk about in chapter two, let your yes be yes. Time in the word helps me remember the importance of my yes being yes, because time in the word reminds me that I'm a reflection of the word Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. right? Chapter three, we talk about dissenting from the kingdom of noise. Guess what? Spending time in God's word in quiet is a great way to dissent from the kingdom of noise, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on and on. So that's the first reason why this is so important to me. The second reason is this. I say this in the book, you know, if you care about just managing your time to earn more, to be more successful, this isn't the book for Mm. you, right? And frankly, if that's your only aim, time in the word doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why would we, it would be a waste of time. Why would we do this? It'd be a waste of time. Yeah, you could be doing something else. Be doing something far more quote unquote productive right. in the temporal. Mm-hmm. But if I care about, as 1 Corinthians 3 says, my work surviving the fire of judgment, my work literally mattering for eternity, 
right? Then I got to know what's on God's heart mm. for returning. And where do I find that? I find it in his good and perfect word. And I, and I joke in the book, I'm like, yeah, listen, the first practice I'm recommending in this supposedly novel book is, is a quiet time. And, and this is hard for me. It took me years to get in this habit. But over time, as I engaged in this wildly inefficient practice, because we got to remember <laughs> this is a relationship, it is inefficient. I become totally convicted that this is the pillar. This mm. is the highest leverage use of my time, spending time with the author of time each day. I love the way that I can set this book apart so much for, for followers of Jesus, because frankly, I love how we both are like, it'd be a waste of time if you're, if you're just wanting to get more efficient things done and get your in- email done and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I want to switch gears for just a minute, because Jordan, right. I, need, I need to talk to you about this real quick. Right, let's talk. I don't know how practically do you know what i'm gonna ask i don't know how you have your email inbox at zero and we talked about this at our lunch and learn i was talking to my girls that we all work together and it's just like i can't i literally i literally am reading your book i'm halfway through and this is probably one of the most haunting things that you're asking me to care about and and tell me why this matters because listen people are listening and they're like what's the big deal It, it is a big deal because i I don't like that, but I don't know how you do it, Jordan. I just don't know how. And I read your book. So, and I know I'm supposed practice, to put them places and I just a get lot overwhelmed. Of practice, a lot of God's grace. Here, I'll encourage you with this. Okay. We, we just wrapped up a redeeming your time retreat. In Which, Tampa, okay. Florida okay. Last week. Can yeah. I pause you for a second? Yeah, please. Somebody on my team sent me the text and she's like, we have to be at this someday. So I, I'll bring this to you. I hey, cannot no, no, no. wait to hear this about to this. We're going to do a, an Ivy Media team only <laughs> redeeming your time retreat. I'm in. But hey, as an encouragement to you, almost everybody in that room gets an email inbox zero every single day. This is very possible, yeah. right? And But let's, let's talk for, before we talk about how, let's talk about why. Jesus commanded that our yes be yes. I knew you were going to bring Jesus into this, Jordan. And so now I'm going to. I gonna, know. I'm hey, like, Jesus, I'm Jesus juking your email inbox. Jesus juking me. Jesus said, let your yes be yes. In the cold, hard, I hate it. But the reality of our modern world is we say yes a lot via email. That's where mm-hmm. we make a lot of our commitments yes. with other people, mm-hmm. right? And so if we want to be keepers of our word, we got to be good about managing these inboxes and extracting what I call in the book open loops yeah. out of our email and all these other places and getting them into a centralized folder. Not like I used to do, flagging random emails to indicate that there was something in the world I needed to do about it. I know 90% of our listeners are doing this. I promise you there's a better, less uh, anxiety-inducing way, right? So let's talk about the how, right? We don't have time to break down all of the details. It's in the book, guys. Get it. It's in the book. detailed, practical chapter in chapter two. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. If you read the book, Jamie, the personal counseling session. Here we go, right? <laughs> I'm here Here's for it. Started. Here's how you get started. You got 10,000 let's call it unread emails in your email inbox. Give yourself a ton of grace and mark 9,500 of them as read. Just wipe the slate clean. Deal with the first 500 and just trust, right, that if those other 9,500 are important, they're going to come back on your radar That's at some so point good. in the future. Yeah. And this is a theme throughout the book, right? Like a lot of readers come to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I need this, but I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. And frankly, I feel a, a little guilty for how unorganized I've been to date, give yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. The God of the universe died for you when you were his enemy. Certainly you can forgive yourself for not responding to the email your grandmother sent you. Amen, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Mark of his red, start over, and I'm going to show you exactly how 
in the book. I mean, we can get yeah. into details no, if no, you no. want, Jamie, but it's pretty technical. You know, I was just convicted about something just now in this moment, which is kind of crazy, but I want to tell you that. But I want to tell you this first. Yeah. I was driving to work today and I knew I was going to talk to you today. So you were kind of on my brain and my mind and, and your work and stuff and what you're doing. And I was driving to work today and I someone sent me a voice message. And so I was sending her a message back and I said this out loud. I said, um, when I get to work, I'm going to send you an email. I'm going to tell you all about this. And I was like, and if you don't hear from me in the next three or four hours, like remind me. And I thought to myself, this is an open loop, which is what you talk about in your book, that that phrase, open loop. It's like something that has to be done. And as I was driving, I was like, I should do something with this open loop. Like I should get this out of my brain because I've thought of it since I've been at work for the past three hours. I've thought about it three times and I still haven't done it. And so I'm just saying like, you have got working in my brain, this idea of developing a system so that that doesn't stay in my brain the whole time. And if that's confusing to you guys, it's all in the book. But I want to say this, this is another thing, Jordan, and I don't know if you touch on this if I haven't gotten there yet. You know what I'm really bad at? I'm just going to tell you. I'm really bad at text messages. Mm, Me too. I'm really bad. I used to be. That's not true. I'm really good at them now. Used to be really bad at them. Okay, so we had a college event at our house last night, and there was this girl that I connected with, a college girl. I also am not like just freely giving my number out because I know I'm so bad and because I I don't have the capacity. See, I'm letting my yes be yes. I'm not going to – I don't have the capacity to do this. So, But I really connected with her, and she's like, hey, I'd love to get to know you. I said, well, here's my number. And I said to her – I said, hey, if you don't hear back from me, please text me again. It just, it doesn't mean I don't want to, it just means it got lost. And I, right now I'm sitting on 81 unread text messages. So how are you better at text messages now? All right. This is a great question. This is a great question. So number one, I have time set aside to process all those text messages. Okay. You're not just, you're not just looking at them. Yeah, exactly. I get to email inbox zero every day. I also get to my text message inbox zero every day. Here's the second way. Most people, um, respond very reactively to text messages. They're not in control over when they check their text messages. Let me give you an analogy, see if this describes you maybe some days, Jamie. I think a lot of us um, treat text messages like, imagine if your mailman started coming to your house 150 times a day. Oh my gosh, Wait. I'd be so annoyed by him or her. Yeah, but like he doesn't like stay at the curb, right? Like he comes to your door, rings the doorbell, you get up from whatever you're doing, answer the door maybe you open the package maybe you don't but at a minimum you still glance at who it's from in the subject you would get no work done you get no work done and that is exactly what almost everybody does with their text messages every single day what i recommend you do so that your yes can be yes so that you can be unipresent fully focused on the work you're doing at home and at the office the work God's called you to do three things three steps to take control over when you check your messages number one Choose ahead of time when you want to check your messages, text messages, emails, etc. Not the freaking mailman. Like you can be <laughs> right. in control of this. It's possible, I promise, right? And what's far more important than the number of times you check is that you're in control over when you check them. If you're in sales, you're going to check your messages a lot more frequently than Jamie or I, right. and that's okay, but you choose that step one. Here's step two. Build a list of VIPs who can have access to you at all times not just those predetermined times. So my VIPs are my wife, Kara, my assistant, my kid's school, and a few other people. Take out your iPhone, put them on your favorites list, or if you're an Android user, your people list. That way, when you put your phone on do not disturb, calls from those people are going to come through, not text messages, not Instagram notifications of somebody liking a photo of your dog, just calls from your VIPs. All right, here's step three. After step one, You've chosen when you're going to check your messages every workday. Step two, you built a list of VIPs. Step three, 
is you've got to set clear expectations about your response time with your VIPs. You can't just stop cold turkey responding immediately to every text message from your bo- from your boss. And in the book, I give you a template message that you can send to oh, your you boss. Oh, you did. I remember we VIPs. talked about this. Yes, yes. Yes. Here's the gist of it, though. Hey, listen. Uh, I'm trying to be more focused at work and at home. Look, here's I found it, Jordan, and I've got book. it all underlined. I've you found it. Underlined. Yes. Okay, Here, carry on. Here's the magic line that's on the book. Here's how you can help me. Because everyone theoretically wants to help you, right? From now on, I'm only going to be checking my texts and my emails at X, Y, and Z times. However, you're a VIP in my life. If you're saying this to your spouse, don't use the term VIP. Take it from me. Okay, but <laughs> Aaron, hey, for you're my else, VIP. <laughs> you're a VIP in my life. And so if you need me more urgently than this, please do not text message me. Please do not email me. But if you call me on my cell and I'm available, I'll answer every single time. Jamie, this is going to blow your mind. For the last year-ish, year and a half since we released the book, I've taken about a 1,000 people through a group coaching cohort, cohort around the book. And every time we get past this practice, I ask them two questions. Number one, since implementing this practice, how many truly urgent things have you missed? A 1,000 people. Zero. Zero urgent things. Second question, forget about the benefits at home because that's where this really pays off. Let's just talk about work. How much more productive would you estimate you've been since implementing just this one practice, one of 32 practices in the book? On average, people say they're getting their work done twice as fast. A couple of people said four times. I think they're bad at math. I don't buy that, but <laughs> twice as fast? That's great. 100% I buy that because I've seen it yeah. in my own life. Yeah. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Bettys.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You know, this is really great. And I, this is actually what I had just recently read. That's probably why it's on my brain. One thing I implemented in my life last year, I read um, John Mark Comer's book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And and the best thing that came out of that book book for me, great book. um, The best thing that came out of that book for me were notifications on my phone. And so I have zero notifications and it's been really great for me. But the text messages is what I would like to start working on next. Um, I also thought, and I don't know what your recommendation would be for this, but I thought about even on my email, putting in my signature, like I check my email once a day. So 100%. And, and do you recommend doing that if you're going to take this practice Absolutely. on to let people know? Yeah. I've, I've, I've gotten emails from people like that people and I appreciate it because I'm like oh okay because we do live in this world whether we want to admit or not we sometimes think we should get responses immediately from people it's crazy there was a survey 50% of employees 
uh, believe that their boss expects them to respond immediately to messages, even though their boss has never explicitly said so. Yeah. So for those of you leading a team right now, let me tell you the most gracious, loving thing you could do to your team. Send them a message laying them off the hook. Aww. Say, hey, listen, I know this might be the perception. I'm laying you off the hook from now on. Unless I call you on your cell, you got 24 hours to respond to my emails and Slack messages. That will be the biggest game changer for your organization's productivity, way greater than you can imagine right now. That's really good. One thing I try to talk to our team about, and we are doing a really good job about it, is is to try to keep work stuff in workplaces. And so to not have... continual text messages about work because that does you feel tied to your phone you can't get much work done and so I'm saying if it's a text message just like urgent like I I actually I need to know right now this goes to print in six hours I need to know what this is going to be but if it's not then it should be in slack or email or asana and then it is what it is and next time they're working they'll get to it and I think that frees up people as well as be like okay because some of my team are part-time and they work different hours. And so it would be really, really destructive for each other to be texting each other when you're like, hey, I'm actually with my kids right now. So that takes away from that. So I love those practices. And I love even saying a team leader, say to your team, here's what I'm expecting. So don't feel like you have to get back to me as well. And I think that's open communication, which is so helpful within the workplace. Yeah, and guess what? This is the this practice is the gateway to an, uh, an equally powerful practice of being able to keep your phone out of sight and out of mind mm. when you're at home with your kids. Yeah, because that's my just going to carry over. Mm-hmm. stays in my master bathroom from 5 o'clock until 7.30-ish when my young kids go to bed. Yeah. And I don't look at it. But I'm able to do that because I've chosen when I'm going to check my messages. So I've built good. a list of VIPs and I've set clear expectations around when to do that. Right, It's a game changer. I always say too around here, I'm like, guys, listen, we're not running the country. We're, we're creating podcasts. Like everything's going to be okay. Like it's it's okay. <laughs> Our lives are ridiculous. This is not serious work, right? We, we yeah, are not in charge of the free world. Like we're printing podcasts into the world. Um, I love it so much. And it, I, I just want to say like, even though I'm saying like, this is so hard with the email is I'm super encouraged by by this book that you created. And it's been a really great help. I know for other people on my team, Um and I think this is this is not I don't want anyone to get the idea that this is just a book for someone who's running a company like this no. is all everyone has an email address everyone has time everyone has commitments everyone has things that they're responsible for so this is a book really that could be implemented for anyone's life and you've heard that I'm sure from the people you've walked through this with 100 uh, percent just at this retreat last week you know we had people there some of the, some of them who were CEOs some of them who were employees uh, at companies some of them who we're stay-at-home parents, and they want to redeem their time better. All of us are called to Paul's command in Ephesians 5 to yeah. redeem this time. And my prayer is that this book would be a gospel-trenched resource to help people do that. Somebody asked me the other day, hey, could I? Could you like strip this out, strip out all the gospel stuff in order to like give this to a non-Christian? I'm like, hey, I, I don't know how to do that. Mm. I couldn't have written this book without the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to gift it to a friend, and we actually know a lot of people who have gifted it to non-Christians, knock yourself out. But there's no way I could have written this without the grace and peace that is found in Christ alone. Okay, I'm going to say this, and I hope you take it as a compliment. I think that there have been plenty of, well, not plenty of, but I've seen um, works like this in a Christian space, but it doesn't actually feel like I could be an achiever or I could 
desire to move up in my company or I should do all these things. It kind of waters it down to like, just be a good Christian in your workplace. And it is what it is. But what I want is I want someone to tell me like, you should work hard. You should desire success because it's all for the glory of God and that God wants you to redeem your time. So I appreciate the gospel in this, but it's not just the gospel and then go be a nice employee at work. It is the gospel and achievement and go after and do better and do what God's asked you to do. It's the double-edged sword of the gospel that I talk about in chapter one of this book. When we look at the gospel, we look at almost exclusively as our source of rest. And don't get me wrong, it is that 100%. But the gospel, the other side of that sword is the gospel is our source of ambition, Mm -hmm. right? I, I, I didn't put this in the book, but I love this picture. Think of like a singing competition, like American Idol, mm-hmm. right? You get two finalists. They're duking out of that final competition. When they're singing their songs, they're so nervous. You can see the nerves on their face. But then when the winner is declared and the winner is brought back onto the stage to sing the song again, it's the exact same song, but a totally different countenance. Yeah. Why? Because they've already been declared the winner. That's a picture of what the gospel does in our life. The verdict is already secured through Christ Jesus on your life. You are never going to earn a better title than adopted child of God. That enables you to rest, but it's also the thing that should make you wildly ambitious to do the Lord's work because working to earn somebody's favor is exhausting. Mm. But when you're working in response to unconditional favor, that's the most intoxicating thing in the world that should lead us to be ambitious for the good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. Mm. You guys, I'd like you to bow your heads in prayer because we have just been to church. (laughs) The ushers are going to come forward with the offering plate. Uh, Jordan, (laughs) um, I mean, it just sums up why I love this book. I'm I'm so grateful for you. And I can't wait to finish this for our next um, Lunch and Learn, which we're having um, in two weeks. And so I'm super excited to finish this with my team. Uh, I'd love to know before we close. Well, first of all, you I mentioned this briefly, and I, I said I haven't read it, but I have a copy of yeah. it, a devotional that you have, The Word Before Work. Um, and so this is, is it a year-long, Monday through Friday devotional, year-long? Yeah. So it's the only devotional we know of that's written specifically for mere Christians working outside the four walls of the church from Monday through Friday. So two minutes a day to connect the gospel to the work that you're doing in the world. Which is what your very first point at the beginning of the book is like yeah, redeeming exactly right. that time with the author of time. So congrats on that. Uh, I would love to hear from you. What are you reading these days? Jamie wants to know. Jamie wants to know. We want to know what you're reading. All right. So I think what I'm loving the most uh, is this great, one of, one of the first definitive biographies on Lego. And I bought it. It's called the Lego story. And I bought it just because I'm really interested in the Lego brand or whatever. But what I was surprised by, I've never heard this story before. As much as I studied this, I couldn't believe it. Um, The founder of Lego, this guy named Ole Kirk Christensen, greatest name ever, was a very serious Christ follower with a very Job-like story. So this guy lost his wife. Lego burned down literally burnt to the ground like three times in the early years and Christensen remained faithful to the Lord. He's this remarkable guy. We talk about what we want to do in the new earth. I can't wait to do my podcast on the new earth. And this is who I want to interview. I want to interview old Kirk Christensen on the new earth, but it's a great, great book. The Lego story. Okay. The Lego story. And I'm in, I have like a love hate relationship with Legos because I had, you know, you've ever stepped on Legos with bare feet. Oh, I'm aware. You're aware. (laughs) I'm aware, painfully aware. I also 
it was Legos, and then I don't know if you you have a house full of girls. I have a house full of boys plus a girl. But uh, those little Nerf gun bullets, Legos oh, man, and Nerf gun bullets. I don't. I would just throw them away. I'm like, I'm just throwing them in the trash because we're gonna just re. We're gonna. The kids will never know. They've got a thousand Lego pieces. They're gonna miss a red brick with two little things on it. We're good to go. Uh, okay, that's a very interesting book. I'm so happy uh, that you mentioned that. Now, I I want to say this. We ask in our little. Pre, pre-interview questionnaire about what people are loving as well and you said you're loving yeah. the tv show dope sick oh my gosh are you finished yet you know that have you watched this yes i loved it it was phenomenal phenomenal and uh so for those who aren't aware this is the story of uh, purdue pharma and oxycontin and the people who basically brought this thing quote unquote down mm-hmm. uh it, it, what's cool about it for me so i love the show is one like top five maybe shows i'm really seen. well done I thought it was so well done yeah. michael keaton rosaria dawson so um peter sarsgaard who played this attorney in the show uh his name is rick mountcastle i tracked down the real rick mountcastle he's now an assistant attorney general for the state of virginia and he came on my podcast the mere christians podcast and we had this phenomenal conversation about what was going on in his soul and how oh, he wow. thought about how the gospel shaped that work and he's like a hero of mine oh my gosh i'll have uh, to go listen to cool. that yeah i'll send it to you it's okay super cool. okay that sounds awesome aaron and i really really enjoyed that tv show and i thought that michael keaton was phenomenal in that he um, was unbelievable he was, i think he won the Emmy for it i hope he did sure. i hope he did it was amazing yeah yeah he was really good jordan rayner thank you so much for coming on the happy hour you guys um his book i've raved about it enough but redeeming your time Highly, highly recommend for anyone um, doing anything with any time in your life, which is all of us. Uh, So you can get this book wherever you buy books. Jordan, thanks for coming on the Happy Hour. Thank you, Jamie. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive produced by Jamie Ivey. Produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Edited by Angie Elkins. Show notes by Nikki Ogden. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com.